0: With us right now, Victoria Song. Victoria, you are a leadership advisor. You're found on the web at victoriasong.me. And Victoria, congratulations! You've got a book coming out real soon, right? Or it's it's out now. It's called Bending Reality. Well, as I well, let's see. When when is it? When is it due to be published?
1: It is published August twenty fourth. Um, okay. But there are all sorts of bonuses for pre ordering now. <laughs>
0: All right. Good, good, good. All right. Uh, So, uh, Victoria, from a high level, tell us what you do.
1: Yeah. So, I work with a lot of tech CEOs and founders, and um, I help them improve their leadership skills so they can scale their businesses successfully. So for instance, uh, one of my clients recently got uh, his company acquired honey by PayPal for $4 billion. Um, And I've been working with him for over three years. Mm -hmm. And so we work on a host of things, whether it's business challenges or it's, Operationally operationalizing their values and um, their culture, uh, working on team leadership. I also run their retreats and executive offsite meetings, that um, mm-hmm. everything that's, you know, required to successfully grow um, a business.
0: Yeah. Uh, Victoria, what's missing in today's leadership environment or in most companies?
1: I think the thing that most everyone who finds me is missing is the value on the emotional intelligence piece of their leadership. I think that there is a lot of value placed on the analytics and the problem solving, um, but very few of them value. Okay, well, how do we handle setbacks? How do we give and receive feedback? How do we deal with the um, the real personal patterns that show up in how we conduct business? Um, and so I think that you know often people think there's purely business problems, but I really see it in um, our psychology and how we bring a lot of our conditioning into the way we interact with our colleagues.
0: Yeah, so what when when we talk about behavior, how is this manifest?
1: Yeah, I think it can manifest as one, like getting really uh, anxious and almost upset when we don't get our way, you know, so this could be the founder or even the, I also work with investors, board members who feel like they can't convince someone of their point of view. Um, and so that can cause a lot of anger, unproductive arguing, um, really digging your heels in, And So that's one way it manifests. I think another way it manifests is a culture and teams that are just not as inspired, right? They Mm -hmm. haven't learned how to convey their vision in a way that inspires their employees and motivates them and makes people feel valued for their contributions. So that's another way it manifests. And then in the startup world, there's so much uncertainty and so much unknown. And if you don't know how to deal with your emotions, then you're going to be pretty wound up living in a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And that's just, um, yeah. I think, really what makes or breaks successful entrepreneurs.
0: Well, it certainly makes things miserable. <laughs> There's yeah. Going to uh, going to, to work every day and being miserable. Um, what was yeah. your background that kind of led you into this field?
1: Yeah, I used to be a venture capitalist. So from 2010 to 2016, I was a early stage VC. So I invested in a lot of um, seed, stage st- uh, sorry, seed stage tech startups, mm-hmm. uh, both in consumer and enterprise space.
0: Um, so how does one just say, oh, I'm going to be a VC?
1: Uh, well, I got into it really young at 23. It was pretty, yeah. happens. That's, that's pretty young
0: for a VC. Yeah. Right?
1: Um, I happened to be writing case studies at Harvard Business School at the time. That was like my first job out of business school at Harvard Business School. And I was, um, sorry, my first job out of college, undergrad, actually, Um and uh, I met a VC named Jeff Busking, who had written a book called "Mastering the VC Game." Mm. He was a faculty at Harvard Business School, and so I happened to join one of his luncheons. Made a good impression. He hired me as a you know junior associate, and uh, you know one of my first investments of about a million dollars, we returned um, over forty million dollars from that investment. Mm-hmm. So it was really you know very lucky at a young age to find something that was fun and impactful, and got to work with, you know, a lot of high level people at that age um, and was pretty good at it. So um, yeah, I did that for a few years and then officially transitioned in 2016 and what I do now.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. That's a good early, uh, you know, professional. It's it's nice to begin your professional career uh, with, with a good win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. That's great. Um, so for five years now you've kind of worked uh, more independently, um, you know, under your brand Victoria Song. Um, and so when you uh because again, you were working with Flybridge uh and then kind of ventured out on your own, um, what was your initial work uh as you're working independent?
1: Yeah, so when I left, it wasn't clear I was gonna do um the work that I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that I still loved startups and I loved tech founders and I loved entrepreneurs. I just wanted to help in a, a deeper capacity than just looking at their business model and the kinds of things that we would discuss as an investor. Um, I mean, I really wanted to help them not just build a successful business, but really achieve fulfillment in the process. So how do you not burn out? How do you um, really like become your fullest self, your best self in running your mm-hmm. company? And Um, So anyway, the impact piece of it was really important to me. And so when I left, I actually thought I was going to start my own fund and invest in for purpose businesses. Um, So companies aren't just for profit, but are making an impact in the world. Um, And I thought I was just getting a coaching certification because I thought it'd be fun and that I enjoyed, I, you know, I actually have personally invested um, in twenty-four different coaches. So working with coaches, therapists, alternative healers um, over the last decade, probably like over hundreds of thousands of dollars into this field. Um, and you know, I guess uh, it was kind of the writing was on the wall. It was really obvious once I chose to go down this path that I was, you know, such a power user of it for so many years that it made sense that now I was, um, yeah, taking everything the best. tools, techniques, and lessons, and really, yeah, sharing that with uh, entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. Well, so, Victoria, congratulations on the book. And so, um, you know, it's a pretty compelling title, Bending Reality, How to Make the Impossible Probable. So, how do we do that? How do you make (laughs) the
1: impossible (laughs)
0: probable?
1: Great question. So one of the first frameworks that I love to teach clients and that I talk about in the book, which we can just do right here, it's pretty experiential. Um, I'm going to ask you, Josh, what's an experience in the last week? I just want you to imagine it that you didn't like. Tell me about something that didn't go the way you wanted to, maybe pulled up some stress for you. Uh,
0: Yeah. So, you know, I I can tell you that it's almost always you know, something's going to come up. Maybe it's a difficult conversation or something that I'm, I'm looking at the calendar and I'm seeing it and like, and then of course I play out in my own mind, like my worry and anxiety, uh, you know, uh, because I, you know, I think like a lot of business, I don't know that I'm answering your question correctly.
1: No, it is. Um, Okay. So difficult conversation is is the event. Yeah.
0: What's that? So the difficult yeah, the conversation. conversation no the conversation always turns out fine yeah I know but you're it replaying it in fine. your
1: head right you do that no, like worst it's worst worse in my head yeah <laughs> that's so common as so many clients are like I'm replaying this over and over and, and it's going really badly in my head but um okay so as you tune into the moment before you have the difficult conversation what do you notice is happening in that moment of stress before you're about to have that conversation?
0: Um, yeah, so I, you know, and it it has to do, I know, just psychologically, like, I don't want to disappoint people. I'm just Mm -hmm. so mortified by that. And, you know, I'm sure I could easily kind of go back, you know, to my relationship with my parents or whatever. But yes, that's, that's absolutely so it's, it's dread, right? It's dread. That, that either I haven't honored my integrity or I'm disappointing people because I'm not doing what we want or I, would, I you know, I'm dropping the ball like, oh, that's like ultimate pain for me.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And so when you're in that dread, um, what do you notice going on in your body? Like what happens to your breathing? What happens
0: tense, to- tense, tense, yeah. tense? Like it just like, you know, right in here, like yeah. I feel this tightness, like my chest is tight, uh, my solar plex, like everything is just, you know, yes. just so cinched up. And um, you know, and I feel this weight on the sides of my head and on my shoulders, like it's just, it's not a good sensation. I don't okay. recommend it yeah. like, Hey, maybe I should try this. No, don't do <laughs> it. Okay. So
1: I love that you articulated that so well. And this is a state that I call contraction. So you were feeling a lot of contraction in your system. This is a state that actually a lot of people live in without realizing it. They spend days in it. They spend times mm-hmm. in the day in it. And in this state, how much access do you have to like creativity, inspiration? Possibility solutions.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, I'm very lucky because I, you know, I get to engage in very meaningful and, and just amazing conversations. I'm very, very lucky that yeah. I get to do that because that fuels me and charges me. Like good okay. able to have these podcast conversations and getting free therapy. Are you kidding? This is wonderful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So exactly. So I'm already feeling you, you're in this other state, which I call expansion. So in this state, you're feeling curious, open, playful, fun. I can see that you're excited, you're more alive. So okay. this in this state, how much access to creativity do you have from here?
0: You know, I'd say it's pretty, and, and that is where am I am absolutely in my, in my ultimate joy is yeah. when I can create, um, you know, I love putting together, um, you know, I love putting together, you know, maybe it's, you know, pages are explaining, designing products. I love creating stuff like that's the type of entrepreneurial entrepreneur mm-hmm. that I am, right? The, the yeah. visionary. The designer, I also love like the whole sales experience because I understand that it's about helping and serving other people in our highest. It doesn't necessarily always mean a transaction, but it's just like it's I get to be 100% in service. That makes me happy as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and so I'm not sure good. if I answered your question. No,
1: no, so I love it. So, what I'm hearing from what you just shared is that you are in your zone of genius. You love what you do. It feels like almost play. There's also a sense of purpose and mission, Mm -hmm. right? So all of these things are means you're, you've already figured it out. Like this is so important because this is what gets you access to this more sustainable, renewable fuel of expansion. Whereas, Whereas the previous state that we talked about, the contractive state tends to happen where we're trying to prove something. We're not yet connected to our mission or who we are, but we're more trying to prove that we matter. We're wondering, do we have anything worth contributing this kind of fear of failure is what drives a lot of leaders and entrepreneurs who mm-hmm. haven't yet figured out the transition you did. So everything you just spoke to, it probably took some time to figure out your zone of genius, right? A lot of people.
0: Yeah. Because I think in the world of business, right, especially, you know, depending on what phase of business you are, sometimes you end up having to do work that, um, that it's, it's just not fun. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You it's do it. The Business adulting kind of stuff. Yes. Sucks my soul dry. Like right now, it's like when we're interviewing, you know, and having to compile a bunch of stuff for taxes for my, you know, for my bookkeeper, for my, you know, it's my CFO and stuff. But there's still stuff personally, like I have to do. Right,
1: but yes, worst. No, totally. And what I recommend, and it sounds like you're doing this already, is to start outsourcing and delegating those yes. things that are soul-sucking. Oh,
0: right? God, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes.
1: Right. So those are all the things that I'm here. Soul-sucking is another way of saying in a state of contraction. So anything that feels so sucking, soul-sucking, I say, yeah, outsource that, delegate it. Because if you don't, then you won't mm-hmm. even be coming from your best self for your zone of genius, right? Because then mm-hmm. you want to leave that juice and that creativity that you have for the things that you actually really love doing, right? So anyway, this is one of the first states that I help my clients transition out of. So they come to me in a lot of contractions, their nervous system is super wound up. They have all sorts of limiting beliefs, thought patterns, behaviors that keep re-triggering them into this more wound up state that you described. Mm -hmm. And then I help them get into living and making the expansive state, their default one, where every day in and out, how do they stay here? How do they get back into the state when they get knocked back into contraction? So this is one of the first things I do in the book is I'm really teaching how to cultivate the right physical, which we just talked about, mental and emotional state required to bend to reality.
0: Yeah, you know, um, Victoria I had an experience, um, and particularly last week, I was looking at everything that I needed to get done in a week, and it was, um, it, it was, it was really stressing me out because I knew, Mm -hmm. listen, I I mean, this is just going to be, you know, five, 12 hour days. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, you know, yes, in a perfect world, I would be delegating more, but the simple fact is it is what it is today. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking at that on Monday morning, Sunday night or whatever, I had a conversation with my wife and I, I, it was really helpful because she helped me with a reframe. And, and I suspect that, you get into this. Mm-hmm. And and that was that, you know, I looked ahead and I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all this? You know, is this all going to go okay? You know, am I going to have any bad situations here? Right. Um, you know, how am I going to figure There's unknowns thrown in the mix as well. I don't know if I'm going to be able to figure this out or get this solved or whatever. Um, and so the reframe was, you know, you've, you've solved these sorts of things in the past, right? You did it, yes, right? So instead of thinking about where you are today, imagine what it's going to feel like Friday when you're all done with work and you now look back at what you created Tell me how you're going, how do you think you're going to feel when you look back at what you just did something amazing? And it's like, I remember like this same thing of when I was training for my very first marathon and it was so daunting to to do the training that's required to do that. But all I could think about was crossing that finish line. And, Mm And every time I would focus on crossing that finish line, that's what kept me you know, focused being able to do the thing that I needed to do and keep in the right spirit and keep positive about it. You know, don't get mm. caught in the suck or whatever. Um, and sure enough, you know, again, crossing the finish line was such an emotional experience. Anyway, I, I just thought I'd share, I felt safe in sharing this with you because yeah, thanks you for sharing that on this.
1: Your, your wife is spot on. That is something that I also emphasize in my clients is the power of visualization. Mm-hmm. And um, there's actually a really fun example I'll share in a moment, but just to go to your point, um, as an athlete or as a business leader, I really believe we don't go to our vision. We really come from our vision. So we really want to imagine the version of us, who we become on the other side of achieving the thing that we want and how we connect to that version of ourselves, you know, the version of ourselves that has gone through it. Um, and I think the other thing I hear from your share is really connecting to the why, right? Like, why does this matter? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And whether it's trying to win the finish line, or in this case, it's, how great you're going to feel at the end of all of this! I think when we connect to our why, it really allows us to pull through a lot of the hurdles and a lot of the friction, um, yeah. and we get more creative as well. I think when we have a strong why, we have access to a million hows. Um, so it sounds like you were both connecting to that higher level why, and also visualizing the version of you on the other side of winning or on the other side of finishing right. everything.
0: Yeah, you know, and we're um experiencing uh, since we're um therapy thera- I'm getting free therapy here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like right now, um like we have we have we have a sales goal for example right now and like the numbers look like we're going to do fine, but still it's like we're on the front end of it. Like I, yeah. it's probably going to work out just fine. We're probably going to hit our goal. Um, but how can I do better at visualizing the success of this? Cause we just like did the outreach. We have over like, you know, 60 potential clients. You know, we just sent a, a very specific offer to those 60 potential clients. We'll probably get the number that we're hoping for. But I, right now I feel like I'm in, too much mystery. And I, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm right in the right spiritual place.
1: Yes. That's oh, a get question. There. Okay. So two things. One the more tactical thing is I'm sure you're familiar with like the leading and lagging indicators and making sure yeah. that Yeah. You're tracking the end, which is the revenue, but then also what you're really tracking is the metrics that like making the phone calls, getting out the outreach, like doing all the things you can do, which it sounds like you are. So that's one thing is just to stop focusing on like, if we're trying to lose weight, don't focus on the scale, but focus on what am I eating? How many days am I working out? What are all the actually leading indicators that I have influence and control over that go into you hitting your sales numbers? So that's what I would focus on, um, on the front end. And then in terms of getting into the right spiritual state for this, I do think holding the vision of what does celebration look like? You sound like someone who maybe, if I'm guessing, if you're like my clients, once you hit the goal, you're kind of on the next one. You don't really pause to celebrate and take it in.
0: Victoria, you know me well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is that moment, right? You know, but then it's like, okay, what's next? Yeah. You
1: might like kind of pat yourself on the back and the, like, as you go to the restroom, but then you're like back onto the next problem to
0: solve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So,
1: so, this is a huge piece of it. You know, we need to learn how to take the time to celebrate both because of the morale of your team, but also for you. There's actually a really good, you're an athlete. So, I'm going to bring up this coach, Vivino. Do you, have you heard of him? He's like a basketball coach. He's unfortunately passed away. But mm-hmm. anyway, he used to celebrate um, the wins. So, when he had his athletes practice, not only did he have them run and do push ups, he had them practice cutting down the net because that's what you do when you win at the end of championships as you Uh, cut down the net. So he really wired everybody into that feeling of like, we're going to win. And he won, he had a world record, like won so many championships and he trained his athletes to practice winning. So that's what I would suggest for you, invite you to- Practice winning. What does that
0: look like? I could do this right now. So it's like, okay, imagine now that you know we've gotten we've hit that goal that we had for ourselves. And what am I gonna do? Like, and I'm gonna practice, you know, like dancing around, high-fiving, hugging, you know, whatever it is, right? Are you gonna
1: have like a cocktail party with your employees, your teams? Like, what are you gonna do to really lock that in? You know, because we need to remember why we're doing all of this. Like if we can't pause to celebrate or feel gratitude, then like we kind of miss the point of why we even care about hitting the sales numbers. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, for sure. So Victoria, again, Bending Reality, um, uh, published by Simon & Schuster. It's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be everywhere. Uh, and your website, victoriasong.me. Uh, where should people go who have been like, this has been a fun conversation? Well, maybe more fun to hear, Victoria. I mean, <laughs> Josh, Josh going on and on <laughs> again. Uh, but uh, where, where, how? what would be that next step for people to engage with you? Where should they go? What should they do?
1: Yeah. So you can find all my services and my products at www.victoriasong.me. And then if you want to pre-order the book and get access to free ke- techniques to start bending reality now, that's at mm-hmm. forward slash bending hyphen reality.
0: Excellent. Excellent. What What are the freebies that you're doing that you have along?
1: Yeah. So one of them is actually a, like in 15 minutes, you can have your mission statement done. You know how everyone's always walking around wondering like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? So I take people through a guided visualization that allows them to, by the end of the 15 minutes, have their mission statement. Another one is really connecting to people's sense of core values. So your, um, your inner compass, what lights you up, like exercise for that. Um, I also have a really cool breathing technique that gets you to altered states of consciousness. So there are people who take in psychedelics who say, like, oh my gosh, this was just breathing. Like, I feel like I took a psychedelic. Um, so some of my uh, clients use this instead of meditation, because meditation can be very hard to still your mind for a lot of my clients who live in their head. Yeah, you're telling me. So you me. should do this breath work because this breath work is engaged, like you're breathing, you're doing something versus trying yeah. to like not do anything right, in meditation. Right, right. So anyway, yes. I have a free breathing technique that I offer as well that gets you to these altered states of consciousness where you have new insights and visions. Some people say they talk to their higher self. Anyway, if you want to have a transcendent experience, there's also a free technique on
0: that. Good. All right. I am there. Me, <laughs> Victoria, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much, Josh. Great to connect with you.